welcome to the STEM Economy with your host, Matt Bender. Bitcoin is going green. Oh, sorry. Greenwashing. Bitcoin is going greenwashing. Right, right, right. That makes more sense. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10, the big 1-0 of Scam Economy. That's right. I am your host, Matt Binder. And on this 10th episode of Scam Economy, we will be talking about this new report that has Bitcoin fans and maxis going gaga for how Bitcoin can actually help save the earth and avoid catastrophic climate change? What? Yeah, it involves Exxon getting into the whole Bitcoin mining business. I mean, Exxon would never lead us astray, right? So you know it's gotta be legit. And by legit, I mean a whole big marketing ploy to make it seem like they're actually doing something good for the environment. How dare you? But what do I know? That's why I've brought someone who covers climate change and the environment for a living. We'll get to all that and more in just a minute. But first, patreon.com slash Matt Binder to support this show. Scameconomy.com for all the links to where you can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review on Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at Matt Binder. Follow the show on Twitter at Scam Economy, youtube.com slash Matt Binder for the video version of this show. And of course, you can join me there for the post-show hotline live stream, as well as at twitch.tv slash Matt Binder. But time's ticking, and I'm really interested in finding out just how Bitcoin mining is going to save life as we know it on Earth. And joining me now to discuss all of this is Liana Firstarai independent journalist with a focus on climate and environmental issues. Liana, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. I really appreciate being here. Oh, I, I appreciate you being here because I, I have to say, I, I recently came across a story that was making the rounds. Pretty much every mainstream media outlet was covering it. And the crypto world, specifically the the Bitcoin advocate world, people who love Bitcoin, invest in Bitcoin, run companies and investment firms that that take or, you know, buy up Bitcoin, they were all flaunting this story that basically makes it seem like uh, Bitcoin has finally found a way to officially go green. And if you listen to some of these Bitcoin advocates, they were saying everything from Bitcoin is solving the climate change issue or Bitcoin's going to save the planet. And, I, you know, I'm looking into the story and I was doing some and basically the story is about how Exxon uh, is basically using uh, Bitcoin mining to help lower or reduce its emissions. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this title. I'm thinking to myself, what? This is this goes against everything we know about Bitcoin. And we'll we'll get into that in a second. But I'm reading this and I'm doing some research. And then I came across your piece that basically came out months ago. Uh, but gives the whole background to what Exxon is talking about when it comes to you know their their you know, what they're saying is going to uh, lower their emissions, and that is how something to do with gas flaring. Can can you explain what this is like? What is gas flaring? Why are they doing it? What is what is it? 
take it away. <laughs> For sure. Um, so yeah, flaring is a, is basically a safety feature that's used in all kinds of industrial purposes, but specifically and especially um, for the purposes of this story um, in oil and gas operations, right? So um, flares will be on site um, at all kinds of oil producing um, sort of apparatuses. Um, and industrial facilities to basically burn off the uh, the extra gas um, that sort of uh, accumulates as oil production occurs. Um, and so basically, I mean, the, the sort of cut and dry of, of these operations is that um, what they're saying um, is that, you know, there's all this waste gas um, as oil is being produced. It's just being flared or burnt off um, in these stacks um, that are really sort of colorful and a good, um, you know, it's, it's quite, quite a good photo, right? Um, but leads to all kinds of issues. So, um, so yeah, it, basically a flare is just a way of disposing of, um, of methane gas, um, in sort of a quick, uh, a quick combustible way. But why, why do they do that? I mean, so ultimately, it's a it is a safety feature. Um, first and foremost, um, it allows there to be. So, if we're talking about sort of one of the some of the major oil producing regions in the U.S., such as the Bakken Shale, um, such as um, such as the Will, which is in the Williston Basin, right, um, or like the Permian Basin in West Texas. As oil is being drilled from the ground, there's also this excess methane gas that's being that's sort of bu bubbling isn't the right word, but it's sort of like coming to the surface, right? And that comes with it, lots of pressure. Um, so uh, in a lot of scenarios, a flare is just a way sort of at the most in its most fundamental sense um, is a way of combusting that gas so that it doesn't build up and create um, sort of explosive scenarios. That said, there's so much production happening that, you know, flares are used sort of um, to dispose of gas that isn't uh, profitable to bring to market. So, so basically what you're, what you're uh, let me make sure I got this right. Cause, cause I, you know, this is, this is something that I, I know little to nothing about. I, I read about gas flaring, I think for the first time when I came across, no, well, that's not true. But the first time I really delve, delve into it was with this story. Mm -hmm. um, so basically these oil and, and gas companies like an Exxon, they, you know, dig right in. And this stuff, you know, this, these, these natural resources, in this case, you know, this methane gas just comes flying out and they just don't have the capacity to, to catch it all. So they have to burn it. Yeah, so that is that's essentially it. The, where it gets a little bit complicated with um, in terms of sort of the Bitcoin operations stuff um, is the fact that so in some of these like in the Permian, for example, or the um, or the Williston Basin that I mentioned before in North Dakota um, and Montana. So the the primary fossil fuel commodity that an Exxon in this case is looking for is going to be crude oil. Um, so that's what they're aiming for. But in that, that's what's more profitable, right? But what also comes up as a byproduct of that is methane gas, which, you know, can be compressed and sent off site. Um, but there's, there's a lot of extra, right? And so it's for them, it's less profitable to, to, you know, bottle it up, bottle it up so to speak, um, and transport it rather than just to like, Wow. All right. So, so basically it seems like, you know, I mean, to me, it's pretty crazy that they're just wasting this. I mean, this, this, this resource that they, you know, people talk about right now, how, how much gas prices are. And here we are just wasting these resources because um, it would be too costly for them to, to catch it all. Uh, amazing. Um, but 
let's let's now jump into the crypto part because you mentioned in your piece is called for people who, who I uh, urge everyone to go check it out. It's in the Guardian. It's called a false solution question mark how crypto mining became the oil industry's new hope. And in this piece, uh, you spent time with a company who, interestingly enough, comes up in that recent article I saw from just a, a week or two ago. Uh, the company you, you spoke with um, is also part of that Exxon program where they're, you know, sending this, you know, this, uh, this energy, I guess, to, to them so they can mine Bitcoin. Yeah, so getting a little bit more into the Bitcoin, sort of the, the crypto side of things, um, where to begin here, I guess. So yeah, the company that you're referring to and that I spent time sort of interviewing the the co-founders of um, is Crusoe Energy. Um, and so the, the reality is that um, this is the origin point here is that this is there's a big problem, um, right, in terms of what we're all what we're talking about here, there's a ton of gas that is being wasted. It, it, you know, it is important to note that there is a huge problem when it comes to this um, wasted gas, right? When we're talking about producing um, uh, in big oil fields. And so um, so the Environmental Defense Fund says, according to their calculations based on sort of satellite imaging, um, the latest satellite images that they've, um, that they've been analyzing, um, something like 1.4 million metric tons of, of methane is emitted from the Permian Basin um, annually, um, which is the equivalent of something like 38 billion pounds of coal being burnt, or it's the equivalent of um, all kinds of other things. But we'll, we'll, keep, it, we'll keep it simple there. Um, it's a ton of wasted gas, right? So when I first came across um, this company that's now working with Exxon, um, which is called Rousseau Energy, you know, I, I was really compelled by their commitment um, to, you know, their stated commitment to solving that problem, right? Which is like environmentalists, climate folks, um, eh, all kinds of people of all kinds of colors, uh, industrial sort of operating um, crowd agrees on this problem, right? So I was originally really compelled by the fact that, you know, they're these two um, co-founders of this company, Crusoe, is really, really appeared to be very genuinely concerned with this problem. Um, so um, so basically, they, you know, they set out to sort of the two of them set out to merge some of their specialties um, and they wanted to sort of solve this um, this flaring problem, this waste gas problem, uh, merge that with the fact that crypto um, mining for crypto, um, all that infrastructure is as your listeners all know, um, <laughs> extremely, extremely energy intensive. Um, right, and and I, so have, I have some stats here too, because you know, I've mentioned these before, but these to me oh, yeah. really, really paint like a, an incredible picture of just mm -hmm. how, how wasteful Bitcoin mining is. And again, I, like, like you said, I've mentioned this, this is episode 10 of this show now. I think mm -hmm. I've mentioned this on episode one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Basically, a single Bitcoin transaction can is equivalent, basically, to the amount of energy a U.S. household uses up in two and a half months. Um, on top of that, one Bitcoin transaction is pretty much the equivalent of around two million Visa transactions, you know, to compare it to, uh, you know, 
Bitcoin uh, advocates like to say how this is the future of payment processing and such. Let's mm. give you an example of how inefficient it is just on this front. Uh, another great stat is that uh, when Tesla announced its uh, billion dollar, uh, $1.5 billion actually, investment into Bitcoin, uh, the carbon footprint was the equivalent to 1.8 million vehicles. Basically, I mean, the whole point of Tesla is to get less gas guzzling cars out on the road. And here they are buying up Bitcoin that is equivalent to 1.8 million of those gas guzzling cars put on the road. Um, and then altogether for a whole year, uh, Bitcoin consumes more electricity than a country like Argentina, which is around 120 terawatt hours per year. So this is this is incredible and, and ridiculous, quite frankly. I mean, uh, this is all so uh, when you make a transaction for it to be recorded on the blockchain, these miners basically get have their whole setup going to work to solve this these equations that basically put this transaction on the blockchain and it gets harder and harder uh, because that's how proof of work works in order to reward them with Bitcoin. That's basically, in the most basic terms, what mining is. That's what all this energy is being used up for. That's what it's being used up for. And then, yeah, I mean, on top of that, uh, just sort of launching off of um, all those numbers you just shared, I mean, just the fact that energy consumption for mining Bitcoin has skyrocketed, you know, it's increased something like 62 fold in the past, I think it's five or so years. So it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's impossible to wrap one's head around the amount, you know, the implications there. Um, I find. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, you know, it, this especially is really stunning to me that it's happening now in the year 2022, because I feel like as a whole, like the entire world actually has moved closer and closer, closer than ever before to the realization that climate change is a catastrophic issue, the most pressing issue that the world faces. Um, this is this is this this could lead to, you know, the, the the change of the world as we know it for humans. And, you know, we have an entire generation that's coming up, the you know, young generation from you know, I'm a millennial myself, but, you know, the generations even younger than millennials, uh, Gen Z and the generations below that really are honing in on just how important this issue is. And so much work has been done to just these slight movements from like, you know, uh, uh, you know, universities divesting in, in fossil fuel companies, all these sorts of things, you know, forcing major corporations to to look for greener ways to to run their companies. Uh, and, and here we are going backwards. Not only like is this is, is blockchain and Bitcoin and crypto as a whole just getting bigger, like all these governments and major corporations whom I just mentioned were realizing how important this issue is are now going, hmm, how do we, uh, you know, how do we uh, integrate crypto and blockchain into this? Uh, whatever it is they currently do. And it's like, what are you doing? Like all this work, all, all this movement towards doing something about climate change just going to be you know a wash or even worse we're going backwards it's not even a wash it's like it's getting even worse yeah for sure and i mean i think i, I do want to note that i mean we're, we're talking today matt uh, you and i on april 4th which is um 
today, the IPCC, the Inter Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, released the third installment of the major um, report, you know, combining the findings of hundreds, um, over 100 scientists, right, on sort of like telling us how bad it is. And one, it's a hopeful report, um, Wanna mention still sort of intervene in some of all this, but one of the main findings, right, is that, um, and this is no surprise, it's been said before, but that there cannot be any new fossil fuel infrastructure. Um, and that currently planned fossil fuel infrastructure um, would cause the world to exceed sort of that 1.5 degree Celsius limit. So, and, and sort of what we're talking about with sort of the Bitcoin flaring phenomenon, that is essentially sort of throwing a lifeline to, um, you know, to, to new fossil fuel infrastructure being built and expanded. So it's just, you know, we're in it right now. Right, right. But <laughs> Deep this, in it. Right. But this company you spoke with, um, mm. uh, what, what, what are they called? Uh, They're called Crusoe. Yeah. Crusoe. Like Crusoe. Mm -hmm. they, they, they are arguing differently. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you learned from your time speaking with them? Sure. So, um, so yeah, the the way and their argument, one of the things, let me preface this by saying one of the things that um, was really striking to me in speaking with both of them is that I genuinely believe that they believe in what they're doing. And that is, I think, one of the biggest sort of undoings that we're grappling with um, in this conversation, um, both the Bitcoin conversation and the climate conversation, right? So they they believe, I, I believe that they believe that their intervention, um, which is capturing the waste gas, the methane and sort of volatile organic compounds um, and other sort of trace gases to that surface when oil production happens, um, that they're able to rather than have um, have producers have to flare that off, burn it off and not do anything with it, um, rather than just have that happen, they're saying that they can capture that gas, they can bring um, sort of a shipping container on site to these really, really remote cold cold, like bone dry, cold locations where there's not infrastructure to get that gas to market. Um, and so they're saying that rather than have that combustion process occur um, and have like see that like dramatic flare go off so often on these sites, they can use that gas, burn it in a generator um, and use that energy to power um, contained within these uh, sort of shipping containers like structures, um, all kinds of mining operations. Um, I think it's primarily uh, Ethereum and, and Bitcoin that their, their, um, their operations uh, are and will be mining. Right, right. And I should add that those stats that I used for Bitcoin that I, I shared for Bitcoin are the pretty much the exact same for Ethereum because they both use the same proof of work network. Uh, they're very equivalent in how the networks run. Um, but, you know, this is also what you just explained, what how, how they they, you know, sold their their um, their, you know, climate change fighting uh, Bitcoin mining operation, that's basically the same as what Exxon says. I mean, Exxon is, is working with this company to do exactly what they just said. And, you know, we all know that Exxon has never, has never lied to us. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, when it comes to uh, climate, for people who don't know, I'm referring to the reports that, you know, Exxon knew about climate change something like four decades ago, at least, and basically hid that information from the public or didn't share it or or did straight up like, uh, you know, undermine exactly how bad they knew it was going to be. Um, so, yep, they've known since the 70s. Right, right. And it's also important, I think, to, to break down some of the companies that, you know, 
Crusoe has also convinced about their um, their their environmentally friendly Bitcoin mining operation because they've raised a lot of money. So they have indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess so. They've raised all kinds of capital. Right? Um, I think that um, eh, the list is long. Um, I, I think the Winklevoss brothers are, you know, yeah. are that come to mind first and foremost. Um, are you familiar with any of the others? I know, you know, I mean, that's just kind of that endorsement. Yeah. Um, is, I mean, is 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 yeah. And and the Winkle, the, the Winklevoss brothers are, are we should also mention are uh, major investors in crypto in terms of they they run their own exchange pretty much. Uh, on top of that, I have some of the other. Uh, it's it's a it's a long list. They raised their most recent or at least the most recent one I can find was that in 128 million dollars in funding, and they received funding from everyone from Bain Capital. Uh, everyone remember Mitt Romney. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a sender, but uh, can't, yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, Coinbase and uh, the co founder and former CTO of Tesla. I mean, again, again, it's so it's so astounding to me to, to just see some of these you know names come up. You know, we got we got Exxon who's working with them, who, like you just mentioned, they knew about climate change since the 70s. You have Tesla in terms of, you know, Tesla, the company, investing in Bitcoin. Uh, you know, Elon Musk even at first uh, even promoted Bitcoin as a way to pay for your new Tesla vehicle, your new electric car. And then everyone was like, you know, every transaction that you uh, gets made to buy your vehicle via Bitcoin is basically like, why didn't you just sell them like a million gas guzzlers? Uh, and then he, he was like, he, he retracted and was like, oh, let's, let's not accept Bitcoin right now at the very least. Um, and then you got a former co-founder and CTO of uh, Tesla investing in this. It's like, it's, it's so interesting to see that. I mean, at least from my personal point of view, it, it seems like a lot of this green initiative appears to be, you know, marketing ploys to basically try to tamper down on these worries that, hey, this whole industry that's enriching these VCs and these venture capital firms and these tech companies uh, and the oil and gas industry uh, now, uh, you know, maybe it's not very good for the environment. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a great point. I also think, you know, something that um, that came up a lot when I was speaking with climate experts for this piece um, is just the idea that, right, this is this is precisely what we <laughs> what sort of the natural order of things is short of having comprehensive climate policy and comprehensive crypto policy sort of at the federal level. Right. When you just let the free market do its thing, it's unfolding perfectly, like according to that plan. Right. Um, and, and so that's really, you know, it's the sort of one of the things that surprised me, um, in learning about all this was the fact that, you know, so if this sort of really smart, honestly, invention, the the way of sort of using, capturing this natural gas, that's waste gas and putting it towards something in this world in which there is currently oil production happening, um, 
if we were to use those shipping containers and install them on existing production sites to minimize the impact for the remaining life cycle of that given oil production patch, that's one thing. But there's no, you know, I'm hooking it up to, to mine Bitcoin is another thing. But in terms of complex computing operations, I see that as one thing that could make sense as an argument, right? So in this this next four years of production in this given, you know, where there's already leasing in the Permian, sure, that rig is already there. There's waste gas rather than burn it off. Sure, let's use it for something. But there's no comprehensive policy to keep that in check and to, to sort of have that um, application wind down. And so what the real issue is here is that um, people such as Exxon Entities such as Exxon, um, entities such as there's all kinds of other companies that are doing this now, right, that are jumping on board. Um, the issue is that people are running, running away with this because it's just it's monetizing something that perhaps should not be monetized. <laughs> right. I mean, you bring up a great point. And I think that's really interesting uh, that you know, the, the whole argument for why they would, you know, do gas, flare, partake in gas flaring is that they couldn't do anything. This was excess. But they're 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 showing us with this that they could, if if they wanted to, they could. Like this could be going towards something that actually has a use case. It doesn't need to go towards a Bitcoin mining operation. That's just what they're choosing to spend the time, money, and effort into doing, because I guess the Bitcoin mining operation is maybe the most profitable for them. Um, I, I don't know how much money Exxon is possibly making from this. Um, they could just possibly just be doing it for the good PR or, or the, uh, you know, maybe it's a, a wash for them in terms of, uh, you know, it costs nothing, but doesn't, you know, doesn't, you know, they spend even less too uh, instead of gas flaring or whatever. Um, but there's no reason why if they've already come up with one way to divert this gas somewhere to avoid gas flaring, that they couldn't divert it somewhere where it would actually be of use. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, to like push back ever so slightly there, I think that um, at this point, like the climate stuff is so serious that I think it's less a question of like they could be using it for something in the long term. And I think it's more of a question of like, is Bitcoin really necessary? I have all kinds of feelings about that. So do you. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I think it's less a question of like, OK, let's ship that off somewhere. And now we got a plan. It's more like oil production can't be happening anymore starting yesterday. Um, and so, like, sure, let's do let, like you're saying, let's do something with it while that is still occurring. Um, but it's not, you know, I don't think it's a productive conversation either to be like, all right, we can do something with this. Also, like if we just bottle it up or, you know, um, uh, truck it to to um, Austin or truck it to right Atlanta. Right. Um, I, yeah, I just want to be clear on that point. Like, I think that's a really important sort of um, element here that definitely is silenced in the in the Exxon um, announcement um, right, sort of narrative. Right. Right, we should, we should, I think that's a great point. It should be mentioned that this conversation is a conversation that exists in, you know, the sort of reality of the Exxon, uh, you know, and just really the reality of where we currently are in terms of, uh, you know, a greener future of renewables and such. Like, the, the, you know, a lot of what we use is powered by this incredibly harmful to the environment sort of energy resources. And it is what it is right now. But, you know, the idea that, this has to go towards towards Bitcoin uh, mining or be 
uh, flared uh, is, you know, they sort of blew it up by finding the Bitcoin mining to, to do something with it. You know what I mean? Like it's their, their argument no longer makes sense for why they had to do gas flaring. Totally. Um, another interesting thing on that note is just that um, and just kind of thinking about um, thinking back uh, to my conversations with um, a wide variety of climate experts um, to just, to, you know, ask um what uh, just kind of to collect uh, opinions on on this like pretty complex setup, um, you know, one of the other really pro- problematic things is that the the concept of flaring itself is actually not that problematic itself, but it's actually kind of the perfect problem for the industry to pop in and be like, y'all, we got this. Um, because well, it's that's like- that I, I got because because I was doing when I was doing my research research for it. The the idea that gas flaring is like the worst thing imaginable was basically how you read these articles and fr- whether it's from Exxon or from these Bitcoin mining operations, they're like, oh, man, this gas flaring is bad. We're like solving pretty much the whole crisis by by, you know, by taking care of the gas flaring issue. You're telling me that's not the case. Yeah. So um, according to (laughs) methane experts that I spoke with for this story, um, you know, that is absolutely one of the most misleading elements here. Right. Because um, like we're sort of talking about at the beginning um, earlier today, uh, you know, ultimately flaring is for safety. Right. And so when you're flaring, you're flaring, you're burning methane and volatile organic compounds and other trace gases. Um, and, you know, that's that combustion is is um, is creating carbon dioxide and water vapor, which are also greenhouse gases. Right. So we got to take that into account. But they're less potent than um, than methane in that or in that sort of raw form. Um, and so, you know, the way that these flares are designed, they do their job more or less. Um, and what, so what really is the problem, according to experts I spoke with, such as Sharon Wilson, who's this, um, fantastic woman who works for the environmental defense fund. And she sits outside of these facilities, particularly in the Permian basin, but all across the country with an, um, an optical gas imaging camera. Um, and so she's able to see what is invisible to the naked eye. So she can see like when actual, you know, plumes of methane are coming out of um, these operations. And, you know, her whole point is like, y'all, this is like the issue is not the actual flaring. That's when the least, you know, when that's being burnt, that's like, you know, that's the least of our issues. What's really problematic in terms of climate impacts is accidental releases from those facilities, maintenance releases, things that are not a good photograph, but things that happen all the time um, when <laughs> when flaring is not occurring. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, uh, industry, oil and gas industry folks across the um, across the world really have sort of lapped that up. And as I mentioned before, just the you know, the pictures are really striking of flares and it looks like a you know, it's like a sexy problem to co- be able to come in and say you can solve because it looks really problematic. And it's not great that it's happening, but it's you know, it's not the sort of um, that's not the source of of the issue. The issue is the actual drilling and production, not the actual not the flaring itself. Wow, that you know, that's you you wouldn't know that from the you know, the the I guess really like the marketing uh, that they put out here that was written up as a story by multiple uh, outlets. Um, what was the the overwhelming like? You know, you, you said you spoke to a lot of experts. Um, I'm, I'm assuming, can you can you actually just uh, run down like just what what type of experts you spoke with uh, who you know would be knowledgeable about this sort of thing? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So I, let's see. Um, I spoke with about 10 um, experts range. This in some of them are political scientists. Some of them are like methane researchers, um, you know, decades long methane researchers. Uh, who else? Some folks that, um, that are sort of more, more on the tech side of things. So meth, like mo monitoring methane and sort of developing technologies to, um, to track methane emissions. Um, and so, and, you know, some folks that have been in this for a long time, right? So there's Dr. Robert Howarth from Cornell University, um, put him in the piece, but he, you know, um, sort of repeated what um, was sort of the foundational belief that I heard or sort of opinion that I heard from, from these experts on, um, on all this stuff, which is just that, um, uh, you know, that is sort of giving a lifeline to the fossil fuel industry. Um, uh, but yeah, so in addition to Dr. Robert Howarth, I spoke with um, uh, all kinds of other folks. Um, Dr. Greg Rick. Oh, no, sorry. He didn't respond. Um, I spoke with just reading through my list here. Um, Dr. Heather Price um, at North Seattle College. Um, uh, Dr. Pasha Madavi at UCSB in California. Um, and, you know, again, these are folks that really know their um, their science. They know their policy um, and they're, you know, they fell down really clearly in favor of um, having it be known that this is, um, uh, you know, just another sort of greenwashing scheme um, that is really alluring. Um, right. And what was, yeah. What, what was their feeling more, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if you asked them about this, if they shared this, but what was their feeling about Bitcoin mining, uh, you know, without even like just as in general, like, did they have a, a any sort of um, opinion on just how bad that alone, without even bringing the oil and gas industry into it, you know, w how bad that was for the environment? Yeah, so a lot of I would say that a lot of people I spoke with um, kind of fall pretty clearly into the like, you know, we do not need Bitcoin camp um, and um, this is a waste of resources, period. Um uh, and, you know, there's a lot of nuance also within people's feelings about that. Um, but I would say by and large, that sort of was the sentiment of folks I spoke with. There were a couple of people who, you know, who wanted it to be known that, you know, I have no opinion about Bitcoin. I don't hate I'm not sort of like I don't fall into the sort of pol polar responses. Um, I just care about emissions and climate and curbing the climate crisis. Um, and so even, you know, from that standpoint, also, they were like, well, so the, those folks would say more like if, okay, if you could power crypto in a perfect world on renewables and we already had all the renewable energy that we needed to fuel our daily operations, that would be one thing. But we are so far from that, that, you know, taking away segments of um, fleets of renewable fuels, renewable energy um, in whatever form is like a really pretty problematic um, concept. Right. I'm really glad you rubbed the renewable thing because I, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up in this conversation depending on where we went with it. But you hear you – know, that, that's, that's a great point and I don't think I've ever heard any, you know, any uh, Bitcoin or crypto advocate address that in terms of you know, we are – we're nowhere near uh, renewable energy powering uh, literally – things we like basic necessities things we we need to use every single day because you know life depends on it um yet we're going to somehow divert those renewable resources 
to Bitcoin and crypto because that's another thing they like to bring up. And I have some stats here, too, that even though they like to um, say, you know, we'll just power crypto and Bitcoin uh, uh, using renewable resources. Um, The percentage of renewables powering uh, just the Bitcoin network were 17 percentage points lower last year than in the year before that. So they're actually moving away from it while they try to actually say they care more about you know this stuff. Another stat I saw that Bitcoin actually got 50% less green in 2021 than it was in 2020. So again, that same dynamic that um, you know we're going to renewable resource energy our way out of this when a the brilliant uh, point made by everyone you spoke to where that's like the last thing that should get renewable energy when we have like the renewable energy to spare for it. And then B, even when they do go about doing it themselves, clearly they've decided it's it's not worth it, whether it be from a money standpoint or just a, a maybe not enough energy standpoint to power what they need. It doesn't didn't quite get into I haven't quite gotten into why they did they did what they did last year, but they did it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I do want to, I would love to throw in one more thing there, which is just in, you know, one thing that really surprised me about in in learning about, um, about some of these models and also in speaking to, to, to climate, um, specialists is that, so the one thing that surprised me that that intrigued a lot of the climate scientists and, um, and sort of methane researchers was related to renewable energy, right? So one thing that, um, that Crusoe sort of, um, explained to me that they also are working on is the idea of putting some of these shipping containers on site at remote wind um, fleets. So um, at sites where wind turbines are installed that are like far away from, um, from, uh, from sort of cities or towns. And so like the grid is not, according to Crusoe, the grid, you know, in places where the grid is not robust, Um, and so another thing they're arguing, um, or they're sort of making the case for is that, um, they can help build more renewable fleets, um, by, by essentially creating, um, a a source of demand for that energy that like a lot of time when you're, when you're talking about renewable energy, like wind, um, the supply is a lot, um, there's a lot more supply of energy than there is demand at different times of day. Right. So there's some that is, um, essentially wasted there too. So Crusoe is saying that they can, you know, do what they're doing with the flare gas operations on new renewable energy sites um, and then underwrite new um, new fleets by way of like being able to pay the um, the renewable producer. Um, and so that idea was compelling to a couple of these climate folks. But again, the sort of like the Crusoe point was um, and, and and not just Crusoe, but other people doing this, too, Um uh, so like if if the grid goes down at a given moment, um, we can be there to with our shipping container um, and all these little computers and sort of like with all, our infrastructure to like help ta- cities and towns if there's a if there's an outage. Right. But short of, cl- you know, again, climate policy or crypto policy that like would make that happen. What's going to actually happen when there's an issue and there's money to be made through mining. Right. So, um, Yeah. Right. And and it comes back to that, you know, there's a word that's just sticking with me that, that you mentioned that you heard from the various variety of experts you spoke with. And that is, you know, the lifeline, the lifeline 
that this you know new industry i'm not gonna say new technology because blockchain and crypto is not new but the industry certainly is um this new industry is basically giving to or possibly giving to the oil and gas industry um you know how how you know it seems like every expert you spoke with that was like their number one concern because here we are again sort of moving away from this stuff or trying to and again here comes crypto with all of its perceived riches uh saying hey we we're going to give you a way to 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 keep your operations flowing yeah for sure i mean um, I also think it's notable that the so of the sort of ten on the record um, climate experts I spoke with, there was one nine out of ten said like Mm-mm, this you know this is giving a lifeline was the kind of um, their thesis right. Um, one person was a little more hesitant, and I know I I made I um mentioned this in the piece, but um so she was a um she's a researcher that also has a side kind of hustle um with with um developing these devices that monitor methane um. And so, right, so the the one person that's not concerned about it giving a lifeline to fossil fuel industry in various ways is, you know, there, I think her no had to do, um, her sort of dissent had more to do with business interests than anything. So just figured out I had that. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I, I am so, uh, you know, as someone who covers this whole cryptocurrency world, and, you know, I mostly focus on, um, you know, the stuff that I know, uh, the scams, the, the culture around it, the, you know, the, the, the tech world space uh, infatuation with it, the mm. political implications in terms of, you know, the various different ideologies that go into this very libertarian space. Um, you know, the, the environmental stuff, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but it's the and I'm sure people can tell listening to me now for for 10 episodes and they could probably tell that this is probably the episode where I knew the least about going into it. Um, but this is clearly I mean, it feels like it's easily the most important thing about it. Um, there's no way we can at the same time continue to fight climate change and just let the cryptocurrency industry continue to legitimize itself, it seems like. Like it just, the two are incompatible. And if, 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 and this is, I can't believe I've been saying this as someone who, again, if you've heard me for the past 10 episodes, how hard I've been on this whole space, if they could figure out something, that's on them though. Like they need to figure this out because otherwise, their industry should die. Like that's the same thing we say about oil and gas. These industries should not exist because of what the harm they're doing. Like we can't we we can't live. Their their, their profits and their money and their you know and their power are not more important than like the life that <laughs> on this planet. Yeah. Um, amen. I mean, I think so. I think that um uh. Uh, professor, a political science professor, uh, Dr. Madavi at um, UCSB um, sort of said it, his kind of hit quote in my, in my piece was just kind of summarized um, though these sentiments, right? He, he said that um, uh, these operations are like if you had a, a leaky gasoline pipeline and then instead of fixing the problem, you actually were to plug in a, a Humvee next to the leak and leave the engine on in, perpetu- <laughs> in perpetuity with the air conditioning on full blast. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, I think that's 
I don't. I I can't come up with a better analogy, honestly. Uh, I don't think I come up with a better one even if I sat down and used the time. To, that's a, that's pretty good. Um, man, I mean, I also can't believe that I just uh, in this uh, gave them a fantastical scenario where they'll they'll actually figure this out because I don't see it. Uh, I can't even gave them the benefit of the, the doubt for that split second. But uh, you know, is there anything else that you think I I missed covering this because it is. Such uh, and I, and I and we just really focused on the, the the most recent the gas flaring issue. I mean, I, I on future episodes I need to dive further in with uh, just you know basically what other ways that you know these mining operations are are you know hurting the environment. It seems like I, there's I, I saw I've seen some really ridiculous uh, things and. I don't, I don't even want to get into it because then we got a whole nother episode now. Uh, is there anything else that we missed about this? I would just say, I mean, increasingly, um, you know, there's so many ways to power um, or there's so many ways that um, that companies are looking to to power crypto mining operations. Right. And I think that um, to me, some of the most sort of like fascinating and potentially problematic um Things we're seeing are are this waste phenomenon, not even just waste gas, but sort of I increasingly think of it as sort of like a bottom feeder, right? Like this capitalist catfish with a crown, like swimming around and looking for the cheapest energy sources, which often means um, right, this flare gas. But also the, you know, these same models are popping up every, all kinds of places all throughout the US and the world. There's, you know, like a waste coal model in Pennsylvania. There's like, um, you know, there's people now doing the flare gas thing um, in Australia. Exxon is looking to expand, um, you know, the the waste gas flaring, uh, Bitcoin flaring thing into Nigeria and Argentina and Germany. So, I mean, just lots to follow um, here. And I guess the, the most important thing to me is just like the in terms of the merging of, of um, crypto and and um, oil and gas is just that it's it's another sort of it's a it's a it is greenwashing in, in yet another form and um, and um, it allows them to try to look good and um, and they're essentially just monetizing something that is um, that is killing people and uh, and whole uh, ecosystems. I mean, it fits with the whole everything that I know about the crypto space. Everything is some sort of marketing ploy. I mean, at its core, it's a you know, it's a Ponzi. I've covered that on this show before, but we don't have to get into that here. Uh, but you know, the greenwashing aspect is just another way where they're trying to uh, to sell you on something so they could pump and dump. Um, I also thought it was real. I, for a second, when you said, you know, I want to bring up some of the fascinating things I heard uh, really quick about, you know, other ways that, you know, they were being discussed about powering mining uh, facilities. And I really thought you were going to quickly name drop like uh, a really like innovative new way that maybe could work. But instead, you just gave more ways why it's all horrible. So <laughs> you threw me for a loop there for a second. I was like, oh, we're about to hear something positive. But no. Uh, they just can't do it, I guess. It's just not possible. Uh, <sighs> Liana, first awry. This has been incredibly educational and incredibly depressing. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I do all day, every day is things that are <laughs> educational and depressing. So yeah, no, thank you for having me, Matt. It's been really fun talking with you. Where can people find your work? Where can they find you online? Feel free to name drop anything you'd like here, articles that just came out, upcoming projects, whatever. Go ahead. Let people know. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have my works at um, lianafirstaride.com. Um, I mostly write for right now for um, Truthout and The Guardian and um, other other folks too. Um, but yeah, that's where my work can be found. Um, mostly writing on climate and the environment. Uh, my Twitter handle is firstarai, F-I-R-S-T-A-R-A-I. Um, and that's all I got. Thanks for joining me. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Damn, I cannot believe that Bitcoin mining is in fact not good for the environment. Who would have known? Who would have thunk it? Well, folks, we'll be getting into a lot more ways in how Bitcoin, crypto, NFTs, Web3, all of it isn't good for the environment, your wallet, society as a whole, and so much more. But for now, we're going to go to the Scam Economy Hotline Live post show so I can hear from all of you if you're watching live and we can uh, discuss. So be sure to tune in if you're watching the live stream or catch the replay anytime at youtube.com slash and the audio only version on Patreon. And that Patreon link is patreon.com slash where you can support this show and help it grow and really support everything. Thing I do because along with Scam Economy, I do a political show called Doomed at DoomedCast.com. Also, videos for that are also at youtube.com slash mapbinder. But back to Scam Economy, where you can go to scameconomy.com and find all the links to where you can find this show as a podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It is a big help in helping get this show higher up on the rankings so more people discover it. Like I've said before, I see a direct correlation between when we get a slew of new reviews and how many downloads we get. If you're watching the YouTube live stream or the hotline post show, you can drop a super chat and I'll read your comments or go to twitch.tv slash mattbinder. And if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you get a free Twitch Prime subscription each month. What does that mean? It means... Amazon is giving you free money to give to your favorite Twitch streamer. Hopefully that's me. Go to twitch.tv slash after you connect your Amazon Prime account and your Twitch account. And you can basically extract a couple of bucks from Jeff Bezos' sofa and hand it over to me. It's a big help and a great way to support the show, especially if you're already paying for Amazon Prime. And before we go, I just want to thank all of you so much for your support. Ten episodes in and things are going, well, great for the show. Not going so great, I guess, for the scam economy. <laughs>